Dynasty Hot Sauce Podcast. I'm Larry Monkey. And hey, you can catch me on Twitter at FF Larry Monkey. Who is with me to my left, to my right? Here we go. What's his name? He's chasing a turkey. He's trying to catch a wild turkey. He's got his shotgun. He's an Elmer Fudd. That's what I'm talking about. No, no, no. It's at Run DFF. Justin Rogers. What's up? What's going on? What's going on? Eight, day, <laughs> eight days till the turkeys better be cowering in the woods somewhere, hiding away. Yeah. Their time is a coming. We're going to be having Thanksgiving in, in March. Let's go. What's been going on, man? How are you today? Uh, I'm great. I'm great. There's a lot of stuff happening right now. Today was wild. I'll just say that. I mean, we're in like high gear right now, man. We're in the left lane of the off season. This is exciting, man. This is as exciting as the regular season. With you being a Jets fan and me being a Falcons fan, there's a reason that this is just as exciting as the regular season. So, right. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah. I mean, there's, we're, we're <laughs> a part of the big rumor mill. Uh, yeah, really? I don't even know where to start, but uh, <laughs> well, you know where, you know where we should start. We should should start start? by introducing our guest. Yeah. And, you know, this guest may have some great tidbits for us today. Oh, Uh, right. You see there? There Another girl. Hey! Then we got Travis May on tonight, guys. Yeah, at FF underscore Travis M. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, always good to hop onto any podcast amid draft season and talk some NFL prospects and coming rookies. For all of our fantasy football teams and just, you know, all of our favorite disappointing NFL teams for real fandom as well. So I uh, can, I feel the pain as, as a Titans fan. Uh, even when we're good, we're actually not really good. Uh, so, yeah, we're really good at that. I, I'm hoping, though, that they just completely punt, go 0-17 this year and get Caleb Williams next year. Wow. The Titans, they were like like a planet or just a planet in the solar system that is just cr- crashing through the atmosphere and disintegrating right before our eyes man they're just they were just the one seed two years ago to starting malik willis that's all i'm gonna say and i was there for that game i was i was there for that loss to the Bengals, and the Bengals went to the super bowl and the titans were stuck with 10 health and And then the henry news comes out that they want to they want to dump in i mean what realistically what do you think they're gonna they could possibly get for derrick henry yeah i mean he's gonna be 30 by the end of the next season i think it's january i guess with week 18 he'll be turning 30 and it's his final contract year of guaranteed money and so even if the team trades for him, they're getting a uh, an asset that has been aging, and uh, you know there's there's gonna be that cliff at some point. Um, I think it's I, sixteen I mil is his contract. Yeah, it's a, it's a heavy cap hit, so you got to have some room. So uh, the Saints always work some kind of magic, so they'd probably just make up another twenty million of cap room. I don't know how the cap is just not real for for just that team in general. Yes, uh, but uh, you know I, I wouldn't expect the the Buccaneers who are like negative seventy in cap space still. Uh, who have a week to clear that, by the way. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't think they're going to be a candidate, but there, there are some teams who have some room. Um, and, you know, if I'm a new GM and I, I know my team's not going to compete, why in the world would I waste my own running back's time here? Like, Derrick Henry, go win somewhere else. We're not doing that this year. So mm. I'm not really sure what you can give for him because he's a running back, mid-round pick at best, even though he is a premier, premier talent at the position. Uh, but I, I'm okay with that because they're in rebuild mode and I don't want them to, to be good. I want that, like I said, I want them to lose every single game and get Caleb Williams next year. Is this Hassan Haskins season, perhaps? Maybe, but the, they'll draft over him anyway. Like they'll draft somebody else and right. give him company and, you know, 
Mm, even if they want to tank, you know, they might maybe just say, hey, yeah, hey, maybe they'd run him into, into the ground. That That's what the Jaguars <laughs> did, like with James Robinson. Hey, you're not actually good, but we'll give you a lot of carries to, to make fantasy <laughs> people think you are for a second. Lead college football analyst at Mojo. What the heck is Mojo, man? What the heck is Mojo? You live in New Jersey, and we are live in New Jersey, by the way. Mojo is... Hey. Got a lot of buzz last summer when they first started like coming out of uh, stealth mode. Like it's a startup essentially uh, founded, co-founded by Alex Rodriguez, like you know the baseball Alex Rod- Rodriguez and Mark Lori, um, yeah. who has a you know former C- CEO of like Walmart, like uh, tech billionaire dude, uh, co-owner of the the T- Timberwolves, and they they started Mojo uh, with uh, our CEO Vinny and and just really genius guy who. Um, tried to kind of make something like a stock market years ago and they ended up selling it to tops back in like the late nineties. Uh, like you know, they were trying to integrate sports values with uh, like trading cards and things like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, they had this idea for the sports stock market forever. But now that we have apps on everything, it's easy to kind of actually make it a real thing. So it is the first ever fully regulated sports stock market where you can actually trade players based on their real life stats. It's a lot of fun. Like we launched NFL last September and then uh, I came on and launched uh, college a couple weeks after that. We just launched NBA. We're launching college basketball uh, ahead of March Madness. And shortly after that, we are launching Major League Baseball. And it's not just like career long bets. Uh, We have like shorter option plays and uh, all liquid bets, essentially, like you can do single game type bets uh, on players that you can actually get in and out of positions on. It's a lot of fun because a lot of bets are just pure binary, like you win or lose it all and that's it. But it's designed like like a stock. And so you can, you know, pull out at any given price at any time. Uh, so it's it's a lot of fun. And I get to help uh, oversee the college football market and uh, doing a lot of off-season NFL work as well. So yeah. do you know when this will be expanding out of Jersey into other states? Have they worked on, they've been working on that? I think more than anything right now, the focus is, and I'm not as a part of our regulatory team or right. anything like that, but uh, we're waiting on a couple things in that, um, you know, government making things happen from a legal standpoint and doing it right uh, the first time. Uh, we just want to make sure that that is clear and good to go. We're in process in 10, 10 to 12, really, like more states already. But uh, really want to make sure that we have a, a good, solid product working well um, at on all the major U.S. sports. And so we're almost there, uh, Get you know, getting NFL, college football, NBA, college basketball, Major League Baseball. I want to add a couple more after that. And then, you know, about that time, it'll probably be perfect that we'll be able to launch into to more states. And gotcha. But it just takes time to do it right. I mean, like even the big the big dogs, like uh, DraftKings, like their sports book is still only fully like uh, available in 22 states, and they've been mm-hmm. live for years. So mm-hmm. uh, we're getting there, but we're brand new. We've only been live at all since September. So these first, you know, sports stock markets, you can get after it, Larry. It's almost like a rookie draft, right? Can I like buy these guys when they're well, coming you, out? You could have uh, get this. So like you could have bought into Anthony Richardson uh, last fall when yeah. we started, and you'd be <laughs> up, and and uh, you'd be up even if you didn't put any multipliers on him, which is another fun thing we offer. Like we can, you can put like a two or three x multiplier on a player to you know up your upside, but also increase your risk on your end. And you would be up one hundred twenty five percent since last fall on Anthony Richardson, yeah. so. It's a lot of fun, and, and so if you if you put a three X multiplier on him, you'd be up over three hundred percent, almost four hundred percent since last uh, fall. What is it comparable to? Uh, I think a lot of people think that it's yeah. like some NFT type right. situation, but it's really not. It, it is like, 
hey, there there is an objective stat that uh, we create that the models off of, and based on what they do in real life, um, you mm-hmm. accrue banked quote unquote mojo value uh, over the course of a player's career. And so any player, like if you look at any player within the app, you'll see like the amount of stats that they've actually already, already accumulated. And so like th- that's their locked in guaranteed price if they retire today. Mm. And then there's also a future aspect to the price that, uh, and that comes with a lot of advanced modeling to project what we believe to be the market fair future price. Um, and so you're basically betting against uh you know, against or for a player given the price uh, and, and trying to map out the rest of the future. So if you would get in on a, a college player super early, like Anthony Richardson or Bryce Young right. or CJ Stroud or any, anybody like that, you right. know, last fall or, you know, you know, it's essentially like, or even like any other college players that are a lot cheaper now, there's huge opportunity. Uh, so it's really, it, it's like a stock, but it's it's kind of like through a betting lens, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. But uh, it's yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm looking at the website now. So I was just poking around here. Very yeah. And so you basically, you don't have to live in New Jersey. There's a lot of states around New Jersey. We know people that will, will, just, will cross borders to, to play this thing. So, <laughs> yeah. so you just have to be physically present in New Jersey to play. Right. So, yeah. So I, I don't know, Justin, if you're going to drive up from Mississippi to play, but you know, <laughs> I was in Jersey last year to visit. <laughs> That's right, um, marathon. I, I swung through for a couple of days, but yeah. but we'll no, get I, we'll I get to other states. Gonna, we'll get there. I don't know if I'm going to make it up there just this year. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So you're also hosting the College to Canton podcast on RotoViz Radio. Yes, sir. Yeah, I've been doing that, that since 2019, <laughs> and I've been been podcasting and, and doing content since. 2015 yeah we were in a league um we were in new hollywood together remember that, that league yes. a couple years oh my ago. gosh that that was a funny group man <laughs> yeah and and this league folded because no one wanted to be the commissioner like yeah, no essentially wanted, yeah. <laughs> no one wanted to be yeah. the commissioner so the league just, like, just dissolved yeah. and yeah nobody really cared enough about that yeah league. we had like, debbie too so you could like roster and... college players and stuff so like yeah there was a ton so. of debbie guys involved and, and you had a really you had a pretty good team i, I I remember, and and I had a nice team, and I was like, no, I I was on board for sticking around. Just one of those things. What's your fantasy? <laughs> right. So you you a Debbie guy, Dynasty, you know, redraft. Uh, but I'm into like the nerdiest formats imaginable. I don't I don't think I've done like a normal quote unquote Dynasty startup or normal added league in in a while, like at least three years, and that was just because some like. People I knew in real life, like in person, wanted me to, hey, can you help us get started in Dynasty? But like it's been before that, it's been like 2016 and 2017 that I've done like a normal league. Like I love college to Canton leagues, or I guess now it's uh, campus to Canton. Campus to Canton is the the term. Right. But it's funny because like I actually liked calling it college to Canton better back in like 2015 or 2016. I, I, I don't know which year, but a few of us uh, started dabbling with the idea of this the format back then um and like we're doing a bunch of stuff manually where you could roster college players and still get live points off the college players and and that was annoying so we made like a full league running side by side where you had one college fantasy championship and one nfl championship and the players automatically move from the college side to the nfl nfl side when they graduate or declare for for the draft and we're like this is the best format of all time why don't we like brand this like make it a thing and so we just 
tried to like really promote it in 2017, 2018, and just get more people involved. And mm-hmm. um, and I named my podcast after the format at the time, College to Canton. And but then people started shifting towards just calling it Campus to Canton because it has a better ring to it, I guess. And then mm-hmm. uh, since then, there's like a whole website uh, of an, another like group of content creators that made Campus to Canton.com. And so yeah. it's like really blown up, and it's become a more uh, not mainstream format. Like no normal people know what the fam- format is, but right. like <laughs> amongst but that's, dynasty players, though yeah. it's becoming it's a growing, growing. Yeah, and around. it's fun. Like that, that's my favorite. Like I mean, I love the the short term aspect of DFS. I love the ease of best ball. Keeper leagues are hashtag basic, but they're fun sometimes. Uh, you know, but uh, I love some campus again. Yeah, man. You're like the third guest in in the last month that's been like, yeah, campus can't, and that's the way to go. Absolutely. I might have but to the weirdest one I'm in that I really prefer, because uh, it's just all drafting, essentially. It's, it, <laughs> is be- it is best ball dynasty, but it's full IDP, like start 22. So you have 11 defensive starters, 11 offensive starters, and it's best ball. So you don't have to you set it and forget it. But you draft like 25 rounds of literally any living, breathing human being that's not in the NFL. Um, yeah. Every single year. We started off with 100 rounds Holy back shit. in 2020. And then we had 25 rounds in 2021 and 25 rounds last year. And then we started keeping score just last fall. <laughs> <laughs> so we had 150 rounds of, of Devi picks before ever, ever having started keeping track of score. And uh, so, yeah, that, that's my favorite league actually right now because it's just so nerdy and weird. And like there's, there's players that are rostered that like, okay, for example, uh, my buddy Luke drafted a quarterback who is now – an eighth grader. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and, and he drafted him yeah. two years ago. You got the FBI year, knocking down your door. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, you know yeah, our, our chat is in, uh, is in an encrypted app for good reason. <laughs> You're like, on the, the, you do yeah. your draft on the dark web? Yeah, basically. <laughs> no, but it's just, I'm like, Luke, what are you doing? Uh, and, and lo and behold, uh, this kid played varsity high school football in eighth grade this year and won the seven eight uh, Alabama state championship. So Luke's like, yeah. <laughs> I, actually, I thought, you know, we're in Mississippi here, so we see stories like that all the time. Oh my gosh, I saw that story, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, like, you know, it's fun because I, I've had like Brandon Ennis rostered for three years, and he's like the five star um, Ohio State wide receiver, one of three like top tier uh, freshman wide receivers for Ohio State coming in this year. And so I'll get to see him dominate there for a couple of years after Marvin Harrison Jr. is gone. And then he'll be probably a high draft pick. And I'll be like, hey, I drafted him six years ago. Take that for seats, you know. <laughs> How long does a draft like that last? So- oh, dude, the, the initial, like, because it was, it was just like slow draft on a spreadsheet. There's no place sure. where you can even do this. It took like three months because like everyone was doing bonkers research, like just nerding out with this nonsense. Who's got 20 plus offers from the state of California and is eligible for the 2026 NFL draft. (laughs) So (laughs) it was, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Were you, uh, did you have the right, did you have the same um, viewpoint as everyone else leading up to the 2023 class? Like, Ooh, 2023. That's, that's the, the, the piece de resistance of, of draft classes. Is it, were you, were you feeling that that way as well? It was, it was weird. Like the past few years of college has just been weird. All the things that have changed college football and, and, and uh, the added extra like gear of eligibility, um, 
So like a bunch of people have gone back for an extra year. Like we, we're seeing like fifth, sixth, seventh year guys now coming out who have exhausted their COVID eligibility. And so wow. it, it, it jam packed this class full of, of intriguing prospects, but we actually saw a pretty good crop still choose to go back even further. So like we have right now, it's like the college football has never been this old ever, you know, <laughs> like it's, it's yeah, never at been. Stetson Bennett. Seriously, <laughs> I mean, the dude was like, you know, he's got grandkids and he's quarterback in the national champions, you know? So yeah. um, it's just an interesting spot. So we, we knew the potential was there. The 2020 recruiting class was really fun. Uh, we liked the running backs for a long, long time. We thought, um, you know, a few wide receivers were intriguing and and the quarterbacks, we, we were really high on Bryce Young, really high on CJ Stroud. We, we thought we were going to get a DJU out of the deal that didn't work out. But, uh, you know, Anthony Richardson came along and filled a, filled a gap there. Um, you know, so I, I was of the mind that it was going to be good, but, uh, you know, we, we do that every year. We, we overhype the class and then, you know, there's this overhype fatigue. I think you, you oh. called it on the show, show sheet there. <laughs> so it's just a cycle. And, and so we might be at that point where we're tired of talking about the class, but in all reality, it's still very good. It kind of felt like, and Larry, I gotta, I gotta apologize because like two months ago you asked, or you mentioned that. <laughs> You know, people would start poo-pooing on this class, and I just said no way. But it feels like that's what's happening. The people were just being like, "Yeah, this class isn't what we thought it was going to be." And then the the combine kind of didn't help with the situation because there weren't that many standout players. You know, there wasn't the freak athletes. You what? know, Bijan doesn't go out and run a four three nine or something like that. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of uh, like folks that didn't participate in various. And then we got a bunch of size issues with the wide receivers. There's not a bunch of the even the six foot one ninety guys is like five ten one seventy five is like it seems like a common size in the top. So the combine just occurred. So what you what do you think? Does that uh, impact your analysis at all? Or I just care about how it affects the draft capital. I build out uh, projections uh, for all the combine players in our system and all the players that are going to be in our system in the coming weeks. We're like we're adding like fifty more rookies here soon. So I was trying to you know map out expectations to see okay who do who would I really adjust based on new information, right? And so, you know, even Anthony Richardson, who was Mr. Hype, Hype Machine himself this week, I, you know, I had his over-under for his 40 at 4.45. I had his vert at 40. I had his broad at 10.7. I think I missed the vert by a half inch. I missed his 40 by 0. 0.02 seconds. And I missed his broad jump by two inches. Yeah, he, he did basically exactly what we knew he was going to do. Mm-hmm. And yet everyone's like, oh my gosh, like freak out. Like, no, like, this, how did we not see this? We, we knew this was coming. You yeah, know, double counting so, the the combine. quadruple, you know, yeah, septuple counting. It's just it's dumb. Um, so no, I don't, I don't try to try to avoid that. Uh, but it's nice when you see like a, like a Trey Palmer show up and run a four three three, the fastest forty of, among all the wide receivers, and and you're like, okay, cool. I think that that may have just locked up day two capital form after last right. year's strong showing, having forty percent of the offense for Nebraska. So right. you know, it, it's impact. It's it is impactful in that regard. But yeah, I try not to overreact too much. The quarterbacks. Let's take it from the top. I personally just nervous from because of last year's like you know all these guys were in the first round and and rookie drafts and then all of a sudden the draft happened and then they were the third round in rookie drafts are we back to the like legit quarterbacks coming out and we kind of saw for a while even dating back to the 2019 recruiting class uh they're like okay we're probably in trouble in terms of quarterback depth 
uh, come, you know, the 2022 season. And like the one player that we really wanted to be excited about even back then as a recruit, like Spencer Rattler, it ended up not really being a thing. You know, he's still in school even now. Right. Yeah. And so, <laughs> man, um, if he'd have been able to come out after his sophomore year, he'd been a top five pick. But then right, played, the hype was real. The hype was very he real. He played again and got benched and transferred, et cetera. Yeah, it's it crazy. Happened. Sam Howell was right there with him. Like it was him yep. and him and ha- Sam Howell or QB one and QB two. Then Sam Howell lost all of his offense and didn't have a perfect final season. And he ended up being a fifth rounder. But yeah. I hope he gets a shot. But yeah, last year was an anomaly. It was not a normal class. It was mm-hmm. uh, a group of quarterbacks that we didn't know what to do with the profiles because the, they all had like one really good peak season, really crazy inconsistencies. Like Pickett had four years of trash and one year of amazing. Uh, Purdy had a great start back when he's a true freshman and kind of plateaued and didn't really get any better. Uh, Howell had an, an amazing peak and was the obvious quarterback one analytically speaking. You know, he had the, the, the poor final year. And then Malik Willis had crazy mobility, but he, he capped out below the 90th percentile from a passing efficiency perspective. And so he had questions as well. Like everyone in the class just had some kind of question about the profile. Major so, questions, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we, and, and just by default, we wanted to. All the mock drafts were like, well, we've got to have first-round quarterbacks, so move them up the board. Yeah, it, it was just a down year. I think we're back to it. I think we are really going to see, you know, four first-round quarterbacks at this point. Um, it probably should only be two still, but it's probably going to be four. Not worried about the the capital drop off like last year. It was nuts. Do you have any favorites? How do they shake out for you? Uh, CJ Stroud is is the the prototype. He's the safest projection. He might not have the quote unquote highest ceiling of the bunch, <laughs> but um, he's my quarterback one, and he has been for a little bit. I think I I took him as at, at the one point oh one last summer in a Kevin Stakan startup, and I'm happy with that pick because I think there's still a very good chance he's the the first overall quarterback selected just because he fits the the prototype and he has the proven pass efficiency and accuracy and uh, that Georgia game answered any questions that anyone had about his game. Yeah, I, to me he's still one in terms of safety, and then you've got the the, the odd frame, but crazy upside and 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 just playmaking ability, playmaking ability. Like paired with fantastic pass efficiency in, in Bryce Young. And then you've got the absolute upside play uh, with zero proven pass efficiency at all in Anthony Richardson. <laughs> uh, and then you've got Mr. Mayo in the coffee himself, Will Levis. He's a day two quarterback with nice biceps, but he's going to go first round anyway. And honestly, Hinton Hooker, if, if he was healthy, and a year younger, like he would be the QB three, like hands down. Yeah, even the old, old QBs make me nervous, man. Yeah. they don't have a history of really hitting. Uh, yeah. when they come out, if, if they're going to, if we're going to see a hit in that regard, it's going to be Hooker, just because he's, uh, frankly, he's been profiling like a, like a day two guy since 2019, back in his Virginia, mm-hmm. Virginia Tech days, even. So yeah, I mean, in, in the past two years, have been first round level quarterback play. It, it's tough because he is old and he is hurt, and you know, there's just a lot of uncertainty. So he's probably going to be a day two pick and yeah he's 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 less easy to project but uh, i'm definitely looking to see where i can get him in rookie drafts and see how far he falls where do you think uh richardson goes in a super flex 12 team probably higher than what i want to take him that's probably the short answer uh, <laughs> but uh, i think you know fair is probably like pick four or five uh just given the yeah. upside and where he's probably going to be selected but people are already taking him as the first overall pick uh, d- despite the fact uh, that probably going to just have a redshirt year. People kind of forget, like, oh, Lamar Jackson basically got a redshirt year. Uh, yep. Patrick Mahomes had a freaking redshirt year behind Alex Smith. 
And both wow. those guys were ten times the passer in college. That yeah, if if you cut Lamar Jackson's like pass efficiency percentile where he stacks up like among all his all quarter like that that percentile mark, if you cut it in half, he still has the edge on Anthony Richardson. It's not close. No. Richardson has one of the worst profiles of all time. Uh, <laughs> like when it comes to anyone in conversations to like be in in the, like the first round, like it hasn't happened. I'm not saying like he's bad. I'm just saying like he, he's like he steps on the field. He might be the best athlete in the NFL. Pretty easy for me to say he's bad at throwing the ball right now. Yeah, I'll tell yeah. you what, man. There have been three first round picks at all since 2017 at the quarterback position that had like below that peaked below the 80th percentile in terms of pass efficiency metrics. And those passers are Josh Allen, who, I mean, he's just an outlier and out of himself. Right. It's uh Danny dimes slash, well, I guess Danny dollars now oh uh, after today. Yeah, a- and then <laughs> the third one is Josh Rosen and everyone else, all the other first rounders, most of them actually 14 of the remaining 17 we're 90th percentile or better, three or 80th percentile or better. Anthony Richardson is going to be below the 40th percentile. Like his his That's peak crazy. profile was below below the 40th percentile just from a pure passing standpoint, yeah. which is the worst that I have in, in in any record of first round selections. So maybe I'm putting words in your mouth, but does projecting Richardson to be a bust, and I'm going to use bust pretty liberally here, eliminate him from your boards, or do you still, you know, because he's going to be he's going to have that security like of being a first round early first round pick you still value the next two to three years of production enough to to invest in him even though we're very 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 unsure that he can even be a quarterback yeah i mean i think i'm not taking off any anybody from my board completely there's always a price to me that makes sense but i think um the hype's probably not going to allow him to drop to this range but yeah like i said before pick four or five is not crazy just because um in fantasy, like the Konami code, thank you, uh, Lord Reeves, uh, for that 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 phrase there. But when you have the ultimate dual threat ability to have, you know, like a an RB two four plus whatever passing you can throw in, that's great. <laughs> um, you know, that for fantasy, that that's fantastic. Right? Do I think that there's a high probability that he gets a a nice second contract uh, and has you know really safe long term? Uh, productivity. Um, Lamar Jackson can't even get a freaking second contract, <laughs> and uh, and he's been an MVP. Like, and so yeah. how much more difficult is, is it going to be for a guy who is much less proven, is not as fast or as shifty? He ha- he's bigger, but he doesn't have quite the trump card that Lamar has. Uh, and I know he's fast, but I'm just saying, like, he's he's just not the same in terms of like actual on field play as sudden or as shifty or as elusive as a Lamar Jackson. It's a major projection, but I'm fine, you know, enjoying the production throughout his rookie contract and then just cashing out or taking the value insulation of a, a mobile quarterback like that, that uh, people can plug and play at any time and tr- want to trade for throughout his rookie contract and saying, Hey, that's worth the 1.04, 1.05 over, you know, maybe an undersized running back or maybe a wide receiver, not in the most perfect situation. So at least like the 105, like I'm 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 good taking in there. So um, Richardson will should, is not going to fall in a draft past the 105. Oh period. no way! And I'm like pessimistic, so there's no way. Yeah, uh, and see, like Larry, you know the mocks that we've done and seen, hmm. he's been going 104, 105 for like two three weeks now. This yeah. just reaffirms that he's not dropping out of the top four anymore. Like Jameer Gibbs is now like, hey, if you got the 105 and you need a running back. You you know you got a shot at him, or, which is great. You know, and that <laughs> yeah, I love that, <laughs> yeah. right? And then uh, the, you know everybody was saying the one hundred six, one hundred seven is a tear break. Not anymore. 
because now you've got those three wide receivers in addition to Jameer Gibbs. You're looking at like the 108, 109 to be a tier break now because you got Will Levis that probably yeah. jumped in there at some point. So running backs, I mean, we got Bijan and, and Gibbs. Is Gibbs mixed in with, with anybody else in that in, in the second tier, or is he a, a, in that by himself? No, nah, he's, he's there by himself. I think it's been that way for a while in this class. Uh, and now I think, you know, that, that Jamal Charles, uh, Jamal Charles cop from a couple years back that I made on the, on the college camp podcast, it makes sense now. Like it almost identical weight, almost identical wow. 40. And it, and it's just like, man, and he's super elusive. Like mm. I, I, I would love that kind of career trajectory for Jameer Gibbs. And if he stays healthy, like imagine what a healthy Charles would have done. So <laughs> yeah, it's the right. upside is, is definitely there. He's uh, a lot of people want to knock him cause he's sub sub 200 uh but he's sub 200 by a pound uh, right. so, and he's and he's thicker than uh you know even last year like james cook he like he was taller so he's actually in terms of bmi he's, he's thicker than james cook was yeah. uh, last year so uh mccaffrey was like right at 200 at, at the combine so he can bulk up a little bit and still maintain elite level speed and uh and be a fantastic running back too and so yeah it's Bijan gibbs and then there's a mess that uh I, i've i've constantly struggled to to rank uh, after that. Yeah. I mean, I really like Zach Charbonnet and uh, I mean, I've, I've been a Devin a chain truther for a long time. He weighed in a little bit too lean for me, but his BMI is actually, yeah. uh, again, comparing to last year, a guy who got uh, round two capital and James cook, his BMI is actually barely higher than James cook because of uh, how, how short he is actually. Right. Uh, and he's got better speed and running a four, three, two was actually a disappointment. For him, what was it? Wow. Uh, considering, yeah, his his I think official line where you can bet on such things, uh, it was <laughs> either four point two eight or four point two nine. Wow! And I was like, huh, that's interesting. He might actually break that. Like, I don't even remember. Like, so he he's got he's got a couple like sub ten one wind assisted one hundred meter times. Okay. So it was it was known that he's got like he's gonna step on the field, and we think Anthony Richardson's fast. We think Tyreek Hill is fast. Yeah, HN is the fastest player in the NFL probably from day one. I know that four three two, that's been beaten before, but in terms of legit track speed and measured speed, there's no one faster. I don't know if you remember uh, Austin Eckler's. He well, Western Colorado didn't even have a pro day, but he showed up like uh, like around one ninety at I think it was just Colorado's pro day, and um, you know he was light at the time, he went undrafted, but then he bulked up since then, obviously, um, but maintained a lot of speed and a burst and strength. And so if HN can do something like that, he's he's firmly in the projection of like the Austin Eckler range, except with capital. So that would be that would be fun to see. So he's probably my three still, uh, even with the size concerns. But wow. I'm not really sure what to do after that because I, I like Charbonnet, I like Tank Bigsby. Wow. I, I want to like Zach Evans because the potential. You know, Chase Brown had a fantastic combine, so he probably vaults up to at least running back seven ish. Is he a Kandai? I was going to be like 20 years old for most of his rookie year. Like that's fantastic. And he's got speed for days. Like Tajay Spears killed it at the senior bowl. Like he's really good. So like, there's a bunch of depth. Um, so situation is going to dictate a lot of what happens. Like opportunity is key, but there's like 10 guys or more that are really intriguing. They could have significant roles. It's just like, I mean, could these guys fall into the third round in rookie drafts? 10 guys that I, I've just yeah, mentioned here. And kind of going to happen by default. 
Yeah. yeah. So there's probably going to be some random value that, that's the 3.02. Moving right along to the wide receivers. JSN kind of established himself as the top guy after the combine, but there wasn't really any like big combine buzz around much of these receivers. Was there? I mean, I've, there was a lot of talk about it being a weaker class, I think, yeah. for the most part. As soon as the season started and there were a couple injuries, JSN was still down, you know. Yeah. Uh, a bunch of the players we thought that were going to just absolutely blow up were all injured around, around the same time. Like Addison was dinged up. Jason was dinged up. Josh Downs was dinged up. Uh, Quentin Johnston was healthy, but also kind of dinged up there for a week. Like it was just like all these guys that we were projecting as the first like wide receiver one. Keyshawn Boutte disappointed, like got yep. surpassed by Malik Neighbors. We were like, okay, halfway through the season, this might be a trash class. Oh, crap. Uh, um, but you know i think um you know it just didn't go perfectly and a lot of these guys had a bunch of their career interrupted or derailed at some point due to just lack of practice time lack of you know issues due to to related to covid it was just a weird time to be a prospect in the Mm -hmm. over the past few years these early declares like they came in like their freshman year was 2020 you know a lot of up in the air um just odd production profile tracks players just you know took a circuitous route to get here you know to to be a top prospect in this class so it's it's there's some question marks i guess in the class but there are a lot of players that i think stick in the in the league a long time but there's not a jamar chase there's not a justin jefferson Mm -hmm. and so that makes it less sexy but if there is one like that, it's just Jackson Smith and Jake Buck. I've heard that there's going to be about three tight ends drafted in the first round. Is that is that possible? I mean, maybe. Kincaid apparently was too dinged up to do uh, the combine stuff. A lot of people want to make him uh, a, a first-round tight end. Um, mm. He he really doesn't profile like that. I don't think he would have absolutely wowed uh, athletically. He's a, he's a fantastic like point-of-catch guy. His ball skills are wild. Um, but he's not like... He's not like the five-star athlete pedigree alien that Darnell Washington tested like. And he's not the proven long-term guy that, that Michael Mayer was posting like back-to-back-to-back just elite level receiving metric seasons. Like he was, hey, I am a no-star guy that barely played in high school and went to the University of San Diego and then transferred to Utah and was still the backup tight end until Brent Cuthie got hurt. And now I just accidentally became super productive all at once um and that's cool but like it's he's not like a real safe first round projection necessarily uh so i think the the safer projection would to be like hey it's going to be mayor probably donna washington kincaid would be a really cool story but probably isn't a first rounder we're heavy tight end premium guys like so in, in 1.75 do you see any of these guys going you know uh second round early second round in terms of a rookie draft yeah I, i'd say so um Mayor. Assuming Mayer's off the board already, like he's going to be a late first rounder, right on the turn. In most, yeah. Donald Washington is just a monster. Like he, like he could just play anywhere in the trenches or tight end uh, or mm. slim down and play linebacker. It doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> and he's been that way since since uh, high school. So, um, and he's probably going to play thicker than he was. He wanted to, you know, have a fantastic time in the forty, but he's probably going to play at like two eighty. He's a hoss. So he can throw people around and get open and dunk on every defensive de- back in the league. So it, it's it's basically like we're looking at a situation like, have you ever wondered if LeBron James played played football? Like right. that's almost like what we're we're looking at like with no, legit, a, a like monster and uh, uh, Darnell Washington. And it's like, oh well, why wasn't he productive at Georgia? Well, he had the best actually true receiving tight end in the country 
yep. on the same team and they don't actually throw a ton. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so Brock Bowers is coming in next year and he's going to be the tight end one next year. So he had the best receiving be the option. End, he, he might be the tight end one overall when he comes in. Like, he would be the tight end. Yeah, he, yeah. I mean, seriously, because he, he would have been the tight end one in this class had he come out, you know, if he could come out. It's a fun group. Um, but yeah, Luke Musgrave, Oregon State, a lot of people like him. Sam Laporta got mm-hmm. under 4-6, which was a huge win for right. him uh, coming out of tight end U at, in Iowa. You know, so like, and, and he was not really a blocker at all. Like, they, they really like more, you know, powerful blockers. He's not that dude, but uh, his receiving uh, ability is fantastic. So this this class has a lot of a lot of intriguing names at the tight end position. And Zach, I mean, Zach Koontz killed it at the combine uh, out of Old Dominion, former Penn State high pedigree tight end coming into the process, uh, you know, in college, but in the, you know, followed his uh, former offensive coordinator uh, from. Penn State to Old Dominion, uh, Old Dominion uh, the former offensive coordinator who was offensive coordinator at Penn State when Saquon Barkley was there, that guy. Mm. Anyway, Kuntz is, it was not surprising that he dominated the drills as well. Uh, and then Will Mallory out of Miami proved to be super ath- athletic, 4-5-4, four, four, I believe, in the 40. So, yeah, a lot of athletic guys. Uh, you know, yeah. people wanted to, wanted to not knock Mayer's 40 for being a 4-7. Yeah. The, the average 40 time, is four seven eight for tight ends. That four seven is fine. Yeah, there's gonna be some players getting pushed down. There's one league where I have a bunch of third round picks, like early third rounders. So I'm uh, I'm always like, oh yeah, how about the third round, man. <laughs> uh, you're making trades, right? You're yeah. like, you know, add a third, throw in a third. That's Justin's move. Throw in a third. I do love to get a third thrown in. Throw That's in mostly because I want to trade that shit later. So Danny Dimes just signed a giant deal, forty million a year for four years. Uh, I see what you did there, giant deal. Uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yes, yes. So yeah, he's making more money than it, than if he were franchised for the next two years. I don't know why they didn't just franchise tag him for a couple of years, but I mean, maybe they just wanted to be nicer to the quarterback, appease fan base. I don't know. But, I don't know. It had a lot to do either. with keeping Saquon also. They franchised him right away. God, I don't know why you want to pay a running back that much money, but I know that they interviewed Bijan during the combine. That's that's the only reason I have that kind of attitude. Giants wheeling and dealing, man. But, but getting back to Danny Dimes, we've seen this a million times. You know, they get their bag and then they, they turn back into a pumpkin. I don't know that he wasn't a pumpkin anyway. Yeah, oh, yeah. he had a really good he stretch a, pumpkin. a little just, bit this year, but he's yeah. never been a really plus starter, so... No, I mean, what did he throw, 14 touchdowns this year or something crazy? Yeah, I think he had like 20, 21 total touchdowns. <laughs> 15 <laughs> through the air, and he ran for six. That's, uh, by the way, not great. I don't know. He's, he must have a fantastic agent because he wasn't even good at Duke. <laughs> I don't know what happened. <laughs> right, yeah. But, uh, you know, so, he's a really fun athlete, big dude. Derek Carr? Huge win for Chris Olave, right? Like rather yeah, than just, just complete. Deal for him. I'm very yeah. excited about that as well. Fantastic. Uh, like a quarterback who will – We'll target him and we'll target funnel targets to kind of one or two guys for the most part. And so you take a guy who, who was definitely in, in the rookie of the year conversations for offensive yeah. players. And, and now the upside is higher. Uh, and so. this is a guy that they can, they can give 38, 40 attempts to and not be concerned. Right. You know, Jameis and Andy Dalton, they couldn't do that. Anything. Mm. If you gave Jameis over 35 attempts, he was going to start turning the ball over. They you just, can have 35 picks. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. And Dalton was just, I mean, his arm was washed. He I don't know what he's doing out there because it was it was ugly. So yeah, this is a this is a win for the Saints position players and a huge win for anyone who owns a car because now you've got two years of security. 
you know, where Bravo to Carr because you got like a twenty-eight million dollar signing bonus. <laughs> yeah, <so laughs> because they had to. Like, hey, we've got negative cap, so I guess here's twenty-eight mil. <laughs> yeah, so, they had to space it out. Yeah. bonuses. Yeah, that may have played a, a role in into it too. But who's going to be the Alvin Kamara replacement when he misses some time? And that's why I mean they'll they'll add some running back from this class. I don't know who it is, but it'll have to be that's the thing. Like all these guys, man, they're going to be coming out, and you're just going to pluck them off in your drafts. You know, get those those second and third round picks, and just they're like these running backs that are going to get on the field. Trend wise, like the position, if you look at like the top forty eight running backs, like the running backs ones, twos, threes, and fours in the league last year was the most productive and deep uh, yards in terms of running back efficiency and production in combination since 2008 there was a lot of a lot of production from a lot of different players it was, it was pretty deep it was, re- it was refreshing to see but it's from a lot of players that are un- unproven like random day three guys random undrafted free agents that yeah. uh, were just uh productive this year at times uh so there, there are tons of guys who can be drafted over and replaced among that pretty decent group that we already had so we could be on the precipice of like this this cross section in in generations of running backs like this new blood fantastic mm-hmm. class um that comes in and we still have guys like derrick henry in the league we still have guys like nick chubb and christian mccaffrey and safe barkley and all these other really good proven producers they're still around and this infusion of this year's class and a Brees hall coming back and a kenneth walker still in the mix and so um it just is very reminiscent of like that 07 and 08 class because like that was when we added adrian peterson and marshawn lynch and matt forte and jamal charles and like it, it was at darren mcfadden it was a massive boom to the running back position like in, in just two years and we still had the back end of ladanian tomlinson's career going on like guys like that were still there so we're at this this critical moment of mass potentially at running back where we might have a really fun deep productive well year you mentioning that there were the, through the top 48 or whatever that was the deepest. It just goes to show or, you know, reinforces the idea that ideal roster build is getting or a handful of dependable wide receivers and then just stacking running back and just getting as many as you can on your roster. Because when they're when someone's hurt and when you can plug and play a running back, you know that they can that you can kind of count on opportunity. Whereas, you know, people that are holding on to fringe wide receivers why are you doing that? You know, like if you have some wide receiver five on a team, it doesn't matter when someone gets hurt. It's not like they step into a role and all of a sudden they're, they're wide receiver twos where the running back, you know, you might have the the RB three or four on a team and a couple injuries. And now you've got an RB two. Yeah. Some of my, my strangest builds in terms of like roster construction, I have like six really good wide receivers and no one else. And then like, a dozen or more running backs yeah, on our yeah, roster, yeah. like just because, yeah. like, I'm just going for the, the the cycle through. Like, I've got really one, you know, hero of running back, and then I've got a whole bunch of maybes, and then it pieces together and it's fantastic, you know. So that's cool. that's the nature of the league sometimes. Where are you at on Tua? Oh man, it, it's just like the all the talk and buzz about like, oh yeah, Miami needs a quarterback. Yeah. No, I'm sorry, like. Uh, no football, please. Like, this is bad. This is embarrassing. Like, Tua had a fantastic year. Um, right. In fact, he's been good every year that he's been in the league. He's been – he was elite in college. He was one of the best like football recruits in the, the country three years before that. I mean, like, he was a five-star. Like, everyone at every level of football knew that he was one of the best quarterbacks 
to ever play the game <laughs> among his peers. And and he's not mobile enough, maybe, mm-hmm. for today's game. That's the one legitimately knock, and there's health concerns. But, like, when he is healthy, he, he slices, slices and dices the intermediate portion of the field. Like, he's not an 80-yard bomb monster, but he's a hyper-efficient guy who's got two of the best wide receivers in the league, and he just feeds them really well, and he fits the scheme and had a fantastic year for the most part this year. Like, I don't know what we're doing. Like, we're... Travis, I gotta do like, are we a fantasy soulmate thing here? We already established CJ Stroud is your number <laughs> one quarterback. I'm in lockstep. I'm a Tua lover. So I got one more test for you. You mentioned Kyler Murray earlier. Are you still on the Kyler Murray train? Or are you stepping off of that? Yes, if for no other reason beyond besides the fact that he's gonna be around until 2027 with that contract. So <laughs> oh, you don't like how I'm playing? I'm just gonna play some COD. I don't care. Like <laughs> <laughs> like I don't, I don't care, coaches. Suck it up. Yeah, I'm, you're not cutting me until 2027. So, uh, yeah, he's he's gonna be around still, and he's he's really mobile. He's really hyper efficient as a passer that he does not get credit for. Um, he was a 99th percentile prospect in that regard coming out. Uh, and so yeah, he's got he always had the size concerns. But man, yeah, I mean, is he maybe a bonehead in some regards? Sure. Uh, right. Has he been inconsistent when they try to take his uh, legs away from him? Yeah, but I think uh, in a fresh offensive system, I think he'll he'll still find success. And his contract is one of the worst in the league in terms of being team friendly. So yeah, he's just going to be around, and you got to deal with it, guys. Tua or Kyler? Kyler. I, I give the edge to Kyler, but uh, it's not it's not uh, huge just because right. um, you know I really like Tua, but uh, the mobility edge that that Murray. Uh, still gives you uh, is is pretty significant. I think Tua had like seventy total rushing yards this year. Right. Yeah. Uh, he's, so yeah, he's still not running. Yeah. Not happening. He took some negative yardage on a couple of those hits. Right. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Justin's Justin, your dog has a problem with uh, with that. I think. Right. I'm over here trying to like tickle her nose so she wakes up and quits snoring. <laughs> <laughs> She's sitting right in front of me. Don't bite my foot bug. <laughs> I, I, I just realized that she's sleeping and I put my foot right in front of her mouth. Like that would be a bad combo. So Lamar's not going to go to the Falcons. That's unfortunate. Do you believe that tweet, Larry? Like there's, I, I don't know. I, see, I don't, I don't Who's believe, no, that any, I don't believe that any team is out on Lamar Carolina. Uh, the Raiders were reportedly out and now it's like, Oh, they're, they're interested. You know, like I, well, I because they, I, all the colluding owners, they, they're just so, it, it's like uh, Keystone cops. Just they're just bumping into each other. Like they all put out their statements at the t- team statements at the same time. Oh, we're see, nobody, nobody actually made any statements. This is just reports from insiders. No team has come out and said we don't want Lamar. It's all just reports from. They're, dro- they're dropping nuggets to their beat writers. They don't want to pay out a guaranteed deal like Deshaun and right. get screwed for three years. Lamar being his own agent, I just have this vision of him just like sitting on his couch in his living room. And the phone rings. And it's like, oh, it's you know, it's a Carolina Panthers. Hey, all right, what do you guys what do you guys want to talk about? And he's wearing those giant oversized sunglasses that he used to wear on the sideline. <laughs> yeah, it's like everyone's you know FaceTiming with Lamar trying to get a deal done. You know, speaking of uh, reaching out and picking up the phone and and uh, wondering who it is. Oh, this Larry, should be we have a Patreon where you could actually reach out to me and Larry directly right. with one of right. our tiers. Why don't you tell folks about our Patreon, Larry? So we launched a Patreon recently. 
and it's going swimmingly. We're, I'm really enjoying it, man. We got some. We're we're picking up patrons. We have a couple tiers to offer. The saucy tier, three bucks a month. Drop a link to the this YouTube show, and you can watch. You can watch the show. Uh, before it drops as a pod, unedited, so you can watch, listen, comment to the unedited, unedited raw recording of the podcast. And the, and the cool part, we got we have this private group me chat where we talk dynasty leagues and, and trading, player value, crack some jokes, and you know it's really cool because what I like about this. I'm in a couple of other different chats. I'm patrons for a few other podcasts, supporting their podcasts. I'm in leagues with a lot of these guys. So if I have like a trade question, our patrons just getting off the ground. We have a nice little OG crew right now. And, you know, and everybody's sharp. They're, they know they're, they know they're what they're talking about. And you know, I get some nice, good ad- advice and insight and opinions. There's some good dialogue. And that's, you get uh, the chance to talk shit about Larry. I mean, that's the oh, key yeah. right there. Yes. Yeah, so. Yes. Yeah. I get picked on. That's okay. You know, that's, <laughs> that's what we want to do. We want to get extra hot. We have this extra hot tier, Travis. Not only do you get access to everything in the saucy tier, you get a free T-shirt, and you get access to our private phone numbers where you can talk, text, dynasty questions, trading, player value, twenty four seven. Oh, no, that's right. dangerous. That's dangerous. Hey. dangerous. <laughs> yeah. We are we are our own agents in this. So we're making yeah. poor decisions and giving our phone number out. Let's go. Yeah, your support at this tier gives you around the clock access to consult with us. We are on call. That's what I'm talking about. Travis <laughs> May, baby. Yes. Welcome to the hot sauce family. So, so uh, want to support the show, join the, the Patreon and uh, just go to uh, patreon.com, search for Dynasty Hot Sauce Pod, and we will welcome you to the family with open arms. We're, we're, we're really loving the way this is, the direction that this is headed. And, you know, speaking of welcoming, hmm. we are welcoming 14 new players into our listener league. That's right. We've talked about it. We've, we've been <laughs> pimping it out. We're ready to get this going. So, Look, we it's been 28 teams, two copies, because we had that copy last year. We're yeah. going for another copy. So let's go 42 and three. Three copies of every player. Get your trading on, because we like to move players and picks around. We got the big twist where you can draft your uh, compatriots' picks every year in the uh, rookie draft and also in the startup that we're going to be doing. So, you know, if you're interested in joining another league, we got some of this money is charity every year. So that's good. So just uh, reach out to me or Larry. Let us know that you want to uh, do another startup. It probably won't be for a little while. It'll probably be after the NFL draft, to be honest. So we okay. have an idea of what you got going on and uh, landing spots for yep. uh, that startup. So just hit us yeah. up. Travis, our listener league is 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 hot. That's another chat, you know, in, in these various chats. But yeah, the, the hot sauce, the, the listener league chat, it, it yeah. really does go off. It's like pretty it. lit. It's So, yeah. So, Travis, we have this listener league. Started out as a 14-teamer, super flex, tight end premium, you know, the whole nine. Start 11. And instead of doing like another league, we're like, let's just add a copy. Boom. Second, second year, another 14. So now we have, you know, it's a two copy, 28, 28 teams. And then we're like, you know what? Let's run it back. So we're going to add a third copy. Speaking of 2024. Travis, I mean, I'm in a, I'm in a, a Debbie league. So I, I have a, an idea of those guys. That 2024 class, that is that that's looking pretty good so far, right? Yeah, because every every year, uh, a year from now, is, is looking. <laughs> is, yeah, don't absolutely. pour cold that's, water, that's you, Travis. Don't Come pour on. cold water on this a year out. We're gonna do it again in February next year. There's no reason to do it right now. Yeah, yeah. 
And I mean, they made that 2026 draft. Oh, my yeah. God. Oh, I heard about all the QBs. Actually, <laughs> yeah, we could do a pod on just that, by the way. But, um, no, 2024, yeah, it, it's looking fun because we got, like, two legitimate quarterbacks that would be in the quarterback one mix if they were in this class. Right. You know, like Caleb Williams would be the quarterback one. Runaway, like, hard stop gap if he was, uh, you know, in this class. So uh, that's really exciting, just having, like, that kind of – uh, you know, runaway 1.01 type favorite is, is yeah. pretty cool. And he's been one of those guys that, I don't know, since it's it's one of those situations where he's been like the first overall quarterback in his class since he was like 16, you know, like the the Fields and Lawrence. And it's it's becoming more predictable. Like we we have more data on these guys by the time they were like 18 than like that, uh, like we, that we used to have in NFL drafts, you know. So, but yeah, so Caleb Williams, USC quarterback, uh, Drake May, North Carolina, is a lot of fun. Uh, change of offensive coordinator is going to be key for him, uh, but we'll see. I think he's going to be the quarterback two next year. There are like 75 other quarterbacks that could be quarterback three like next year. It's insane how many of them went back for their fifth, sixth, or seventh year. Uh, like a third of starting quarterbacks in college football are in their fifth year or beyond. Um, and so that's wild. So it, it could be really fun to see who that you know quarterback three through seven, honestly, uh, look like next year uh but yeah then running back you've got a a really fun mix of guys who can all smash like if trevion henderson comes back and looks like he did in his first year he could be the 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 first running back off the board but then you've got raheem rocket sanders who has feature back size and is has been really productive for arkansas um you've got braylon allen who um, he had a better tr- true freshman season than Jonathan Taylor had. And so had a fantastic year too. Not as crazy. You know, it, Luke Fickle comes in and Wisconsin's probably going to be, actually be, be fun on offense. So Braylon Allen could be really good. Uh, Will Shipley, probably a day two guy, but it was kind of carrying Clemson at times when they really needed him. Yes. Um, you know, Donovan Edwards and Blake Corum in Michigan might be the best like two-headed force in the backfield in the country uh like that's a really fun uh mix right there so yeah like the running back depth is intriguing especially if they actually all uh do declare um you know that, that would be a lot of fun but uh and the wide receiver i think there are more questions than we want to realize because like right but marvin harrison jr like yeah. i know like he's amazing uh but after that i think there's some real uh real questions as to what about worthy wasn't worthy like supposed to be the 101 before harrison emerged yeah, I mean, Harrison, yeah, and that's the thing. Like, when a player uh, has, like, you know, the best true freshman season, he's automatically going to be the, the wide receiver one candidate. But more often than not, the guy that, that breaks out like that gets passed by somebody. Like, like even, like, George Pickens, he was a crazy, you know, uh, wide receiver one projection in his first uh, true freshman year. Like, Rondale Moore even was, was kind of that guy. Uh, but eventually they get passed because, mm-hmm. you know, there might be size concerns. There might be something within their game that, that's not complete. And the guy that was just ready enough to produce right away is still going to get at, the, at bare minimum day two capital. Like guys that, that break out like Worthy did just get drafted, period. Um, but, you know, he he might end up being like a, a late first uh, round pick as, as opposed to like a top 10 pick like Marvin Harrison could be next year. Wow. So, yeah, he's he's definitely in the mix. But I'm just saying um, there, there are definitely questions like Emeka Ibuka. Could be the wide receiver two. Uh, could be Xavier Worthy. Could be if if Ja'Cory Brooks puts it together for Alabama. Could be him. He's one of those guys that we've known was a, a monster since he was like fourteen. You know, like he was just <laughs> always he was just always better than everyone. He went to you know one of the best high school. 
programs in the country, was a five-star for three years, mm-hmm. and then he went to Alabama, and he hasn't like balled out, but I think this might be the first opportunity for him to have a true like dominant uh, target share this year. And so uh, if he does take on that workload, I think he he could be as high as anybody besides uh, Marvin Harrison. So yeah, he, he could be that guy. But, but really, there's, there's a lot of, and it has to do with the fact that, again, these guys who are in position to declare early came in in their freshman year true freshman year was 2021 which was the covid year like their entire recruiting process even and their final most crucial recruiting year uh, was 2020 and they couldn't even meet with coaches they couldn't get on campus um a lot of these guys uh like high pedigree guys that we don't mention because they've washed out uh, because they transferred because it was a mess um Mm-hmm. Another one of those things where college football has just been it's been shaken up by a toddler for like the past two yeah. or three years. And um, so there's a lot of these guys who just have odd profiles and they're weak collectively uh, production wise. So it could be another group that we, we actually are disappointed by. Or it could be like, hey, this guy comes out of nowhere and, you know, takes on 40 percent of the offense this year and is a first round pick. There's probably going to be three of those guys, you know. It's hard to make a really confident take on this wide receiver group just because it's such a, a weird mess and, and college football made it that way. All right. I guess I should just get into the Jets real fast. You don't want to talk about tight ends? Because, like, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk about I wanna, Jets. I want to get to uh-huh. I just want to get this whole Rodgers nonsense out of the way. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. Larry, are you ready to root for Aaron Rodgers? Because I think if it could happen, I think I think it might even be destined to happen. It's it's just weird. It's a weird feeling. I was in Lambeau Field. I watched Aaron Rodgers play the Jets this season. Here he is going to be possibly playing for the Jets. Yeah, I don't know how to how to feel about this. Um, I guess I'll wait until it's a done deal, and then I'll see. I will say all the sportsbook action. Uh, for like the 2024 Super Bowl uh, stuff that came out like today at a lot of books. Yeah. Like the number one team bet on was the Jets. Oh my God. <laughs> because, I hate that stuff, man. Because it's so good. And there's it's, that it's hilarious. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's hilarious. But yeah. Uh, this is on. all I want to say on this. I do not want to hear Zach Wilson's name at all throughout this entire signing. I'm done listening to the to the words Zach Wilson. I'm done. I don't want to hear Zach. Everyone's talking about, well, well you know, Zach Wilson. Zach. No, I don't want to hear Zach Wilson anymore. This isn't the Zach Wilson show anymore. I don't need to hear about the backup quarterback anymore. All right. You got anything else, Justin? We let this guy go. Yeah, I think we can let Travis get back to the mojo work he's got going on. At Mojo, hosts at College 2 Canton. That's a number two pod on Rotoviz Radio. Man, Travis, really appreciate you coming out, joining us at FF underscore Travis M on Twitter. Yeah. How much will stock values change with the, the uh, draft? I can't, literally can't tell you our exact process. Like, I would get fired. But, no, you know, I guess. But frankly, there will be a lot of movement. Because like with sure. every, if just think about it, like there's a, there's a distribution of probability of where every player is going to be picked. Now, like uh, there's a 0% chance that Stetson Bennett is the 1.01 in the NFL draft. So like if the one goes off the board, his price is not probably going to move a whole lot because we didn't think he was going to go there in the first place. But once you get into like the, the, you know, the pick 30 range, like the overlap of all those probability distributions you know, includes a laundry list of maybe a hundred plus players for every single selection. And so mm-hmm. prices can move and shift and up and down. And a player that, that gets picked a full round or two ahead of where he's currently priced, boom, huge shift in price, like immediately. 
you know, but if, you know, a player is dropping down the board, let's say one of the, the quarterbacks that's not a sure play like Richardson or Levitz is dropping, yeah, the price is probably going to drop with, with it. So it'll be interesting. I, I don't even know what it'll do because the market moves with news. It moves with um, actual buying and selling action. It moves with our modeling that has to do with projecting their future value. Um, so it, it's a mix of, of just a whole lot of fun. Uh, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to the draft process. All right, all right, all right. Well, thanks to Travis May. Let's get the fuck out of here. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Hot Sauce Podcast. One, two, three, four. Larry Monkey and Justin Rogers. Nice. Talking Dynasty football, baby.